0: We're in challenging times. People are losing their jobs at a record rate, small businesses are closing, your kids are away from their friends. You might be nervous or uncertain or scared. I mean, you may be wondering, when's it gonna go back to normal? Right now, your faith may be tested. So how do you keep it? How do you keep faith in times of doubt? Becoming better parents, partners, and people. This is the Positively Dad podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad, and I'm honored and excited that you're listening today. My wife Terry and I are the proud parents of an eight year old second grader. Her name is Naomi. And I started Positively Dad to be a resource to you. More support for parents right now is designated for mom, right? The, 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 the podcast, the magazines, the articles, all the stuff is mom-related. So we're here to be a support to you. And we do two podcasts every week. This is our Monday episode where we talk with someone who's going to help us grow. And then Naomi will join us at the end of the show today for The Kid's Corner. It's her little podcast within the podcast. And then on Thursdays, we do our Dad Talk series where we talk to a dad about being a dad. And those are Fantastic. So today we're we're gonna have an important conversation because there's so much uncertainty going on right now, so many challenges, so many things that might have you nervous that it might be testing your faith. In times of uncertainty, does it become a challenge to keep your faith? To know that there's a better future ahead? Do you get tested? You know, sometimes we just end up living in fear. And in this Easter season, I think about the message that I heard from my church this week. Of course, we watched it virtually. And our pastor said it's terrible to live in fear, and it really is. And he was telling us that Easter is the truth that our greatest fear won't prevail. Easter is the promise that while the night is dark, the dawn will come. And that's what I want to talk about today, because it's easy to say those things and hear those things. It's not easy to truly know, though, that something better is out there. And so I reached out to the pastor of our church. His name's Willie Rice. We go to Calvary Church in Clearwater, Florida. And I asked him if he'd be on. This is his second time on the podcast just to walk us through how we as dads can help keep our faith strong and lead our families during this time. It's an important message that we should have right now. I'm excited to have it. Pastor Willie, thanks so much for being on Positively Dad.
1: Thank you, James. And thank thank for what thank, thanks for what you're doing here.
0: Well, we appreciate it. And first, I mean, in your world you know, you, you've you got this church in Clearwater. You got a lot of members, a lot of people who come every Sunday. It's thrown you guys up for a loop too. I mean, you guys have had to make a lot of changes and plans. How have you made those decisions on what to do? Uh, yeah, just about every church has. So we're not unique there.
1: Uh, and, um, you know, James, the same way you would imagine. I mean, we talk uh, to a lot of uh, people on a lot of different levels. So we're talking to people in government, and, uh, and uh, they've been great uh, to just give us good information and try and guide us without trying in any way to overstep, you know, some kind of authority, That they really haven't been that way. They're just trying to help everyone stay safe and well. And so we've tried to listen carefully to their guidelines. I've talked to other pastors, I'm on conference calls every week, uh, a lot of these Zoom calls uh, with other pastors. And then, of course, our congregational leaders. I'm spending a lot of time talking to them, our staff. So it's a group decision as we've just tried to, A, keep people safe, do the right thing, be good models of what it means to be a good citizen in a time that, hey, none of us have had anything like this ever before. So we don't really have a roadmap. map. But it just seems like the right thing to do to avoid gathering large crowds. And we've had to take kind of our ministry approach online and decentralized. And, uh, yeah, it's it's very different, but I also believe God is working. So uh, we're going to see what happens out of all of this.
0: Well, that's the thing. And I feel like that right now, when whenever we have uncertainty, we have change, we have fear, it's really easy just to even get scared, get nervous, and get worried. And for me, I think the thing has been, how, how, do we, how do we keep faith in a time of uncertainty, a time of, of uh, there's a lot of fear out there and how we do that? And so I thought, we've got to talk about that. Yeah. What are some of those thoughts? I mean, we're nervous, we're scared. What, what, are, what are your initial thoughts to someone? I'm sure you've gotten calls who said, Pastor, what do I do? <laughs> You know, faith is,
1: is not the opposite of doubt, it's the opposite of sight. In other words, when you have something that you can see and prove, um, and we all want things we can see and prove and touch, uh, we get a lot of answers from science, from reason, from uh, rationalism. We're grateful for those things. We believe they're gifts of God, uh, but they just don't answer every question. And faith is that element that gives us uh, hope faith is what allows us to ask questions that reason alone can't answer. And uh, so faith is by its nature, the opposite of sight. Uh, Faith is by nature, the opposite of certainty. If I'm certain about something, I don't need faith. So faith comes into trust. It comes into my trust in God and my trust in who God is and what God has promised. And so I think these are the moments where you see whether or not faith is real or not. And uh, yes, it's getting tested. Yes, uh, it, you know, a lot of people are struggling and asking big questions. That's not an absence of faith, though. It might be a presence of
0: faith. So the fact that you might, have, might be doubtful, you might have a little bit of fear, you might have concern, doesn't mean that you don't lack faith in some, something bigger than you to help you or, or that it will all get better. That just means
1: you're normal, first of all, uh, (laughs) because, boy, which of us doesn't have some fear, some anxiety, some trepidations? We're all dealing with added stress. I started making a mental list, uh, James, of all the people I just feel hurt for right now who are carrying burdens around from kids in a second grade class that don't get to see their classmates, to graduating seniors, to people who are shut in. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And so I just think it means we're normal. Again, faith isn't the opposite of doubt. Somebody said uh, uh, arrogance, I I said certainty is the opposite of faith in some way, or it's different, but arrogance is really the opposite of faith. Uh, Arrogance says, I know it all. I have all the answers. I have all I need. I don't need to trust anyone bigger than me. So if faith and doubt sometimes coexist and you see that in the Bible very, very many times
0: you 've got you 're a father and a grandfather, and the church that you pastor has a high school connected to it and so I know you 're talking to families you're, 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 your your granddaughter and my daughter were in the same class two years in a row um, so i know you 're talking to families. what do you say to them whether you 're talking to you know tegan your your second great granddaughter and you got other grandkids or you 're talking to your your son or daughter, or or the students that are in the high school that's connected with your church, what do you say to them right now? Well, to the kids and to the parents, uh, first to the kids is, I understand
1: you're scared, and and I understand your disappointment. You know, it might be easy. Sometimes as as parents and adults, we tend to minimize the fears or concerns of a child. I did that as a father sometimes. Oh, don't be afraid of that. Why are you afraid of that? Mandy is afraid of dogs. She was deathly afraid of dogs. I, I think it came from some Bambi or something, some movie where there were dogs, <laughs> and I just used to go, oh, "Don't worry about those dogs," you know. But I, I think the, the the reality as parents is we we do try to understand our kids' concerns and fears. Uh, we try to empathize with them. We may not understand them. We may it may even aggravate us at times. Sure, aggravated me at times. But I, I think it, we're better parents when we we try to understand the disappointment. Your kids are dealing with an incredible amount of stress and disappointment. It's a big deal not to be able to go back to school and see your friends, see your teacher, to have a sense of normalcy. That's been very, very disruptive. So I think the first thing is just to understand it, you know, to acknowledge it, that it isn't irrational, it isn't a child being spoiled, isn't a child getting it. Who gets this, right? Nobody gets this. So. I think we need to understand and empathize with our kids at how disrupted they've been, and try to lean into that
0: understanding. Uh, I, I think that's the first step. Well, it's an important one because everyone's world's been kind of thrown upside down, um, and so as people reach out to you or they're 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 calling in, they're sending you messages. And they're saying, help me out here, Pastor. Help me see the light at the end of the tunnel. Help me know where to go. And I don't want to do Bible quiz on you. I'm just going, help me know where can I look? What can I read? What can I point to that's going to help me know that it's going to be okay? Well,
1: you know, of course, there are a number of passages I can refer to. That's not really the point, I think. The, The point is, this is a point that you ask this question. Have I built my house on the rock? you know, have I built my house? And if you have, here's the first thing I would say to a lot of, and I assume many of your listeners are people who are people of faith. And I just want to encourage you. This is why you built your house on the rock and it will work. It will stand. This is why you, you follow Jesus. You didn't just follow uh, sex or money or applause. You chose a different path. You chose to believe that something is true that is transcendent and bigger than we can see or know. You built your house on a rock and now it's gonna hold. That's what I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna hold. You chose to build your house on a rock for this moment. Now, for those who say, boy, I wish I had. (laughs) Well, my hope is that this crisis will expose some of the false gods and the false idols and the false foundations that are out there. And if God uses a crisis to knock the props out from under some of us, as painful as that is and as frightening as that is, it might be a good thing. And a lot of them might be saying, James, hey, you know what? I need to get more serious about my faith. I need to get more serious about uh, you know, getting in the word of God and making sure my faith is, is mine. And here's one thing I want to say is so important to parents right now. And we're seeing this as pastors and leaders. I I don't think we're going to return to normal here. I I think something is, we're going to learn lessons that will shape us and change us forever. And one of those is, hey, parents, you've got to parent now. Guess who your kid's Sunday school teacher is? Yeah, it's me and Terry. It's you. Right. Uh, uh, Parents of teenagers, guess who the student leader is now? You are, right? And the church, and we're actually shifting now. All of our guys, we're trying to put content online, and and we're trying to do all that. And that's good. We're doing that. But here's what we now learn. We can't really teach them. I mean, we we can't put them in a room and say, okay, now listen to me for 30 or 40 minutes. We're giving, we're spending our time now giving tools to parents and saying, hey, parents, here's some tools now. And you know what? I think that may be the uh, the paradigm shift in ministry that the Western Church for children's ministry and student ministry is desperately in need of, putting parents back in the driver's seat and saying, you've got to disciple your kids.
0: You've got to evangelize your kids.
1: And the job of pastors and leaders is to equip you
0: to do it. So it's a chance for parents to look at at where they stand in their faith and an opportunity to grow there so that we can help support our kids in that. That's what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. And listen, here's what I know a lot of dads out there saying. I, I'm no Sunday school teacher. I can't do that. Hey, James knows the Bible. Pastor knows the Bible. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. You know what? You can do this. God gave you your kids. You're the dad. And you know what? It's time to learn. You don't have to know all the answers to lead somebody. You just have to be one step ahead of them. <laughs> you yeah. know, you just have to know a little bit more. And and you know what? Okay, it's time for you to crack open a Bible. It's time for you to go back and get some podcast resources, some sermon resources. Get the resources your church is offering you and say, you know what? If I don't teach my kids Sunday school right now, they, they may go two months without Sunday school. And that, that shouldn't happen. Not right now when they may need it more than ever. So I think there's a lot of homes that all of a sudden are going to be having family devotions again. And a lot of dads who aren't comfortable are all of a sudden going to be like, well, somebody better pray. I guess I better do it. And you know what? That's okay. If you feel inadequate and frightened, you're probably more normal than most. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Step up, Hmm. use this moment, become their Sunday school teacher, become their youth leader, because their instruction, their discipleship is dependent on you now more than ever.
0: Well, it goes back to what you said earlier. You can have doubt and faith at the same time. So you might be going, I don't know what to say or do. <laughs> yeah. And quite and pro- frankly, you could just uh, say something. And whatever you said is probably good enough, right?
1: You know, God is going to use it. There's that passage where Jesus said, God's going to give you what you need to say now or you need to say it. And we think of that as like, oh, I'm going to go on trial one day or I'm going to be in a witnessing situation. And that, yeah, that's applicable. But you know what? It can be applicable with your kids too. Like, oh, wow, I don't know how to do it. Well, you. who knows how to do anything when it comes to parenting? You know, when you start off, isn't it a little scary? You brought your kid home and you, I don't know what to do. Like, I think I know what to do. And you figured it out. You figured it out. You know what? God is going to help you figure this out. And this is going to be a great opportunity for moms and dads and maybe grandparents to step up and be spiritual leaders for our kids that
0: we needed to be all along. Something that's been on my mind is, uh, what if our kids come to us and ask a really innocent, simple question that has a difficult answer? Yeah. And it's one you addressed a couple of weeks ago, which is why would God allow something like this to happen? Wow. And um, and I think that's a really innocent, easy question for my eight-year-old to ask or anybody else to ask. Uh, an adult will ask it. Um, how do we answer that?
1: Yeah, as I said a couple of weeks ago, it's the most profound question. I think anybody who struggles with, um theology if you if you believe in one true living god it's the biggest question and my 7 year old granddaughter asked it uh you, you know she just connected that dot if god can stop this then why doesn't he and you know i tried to answer it and i've been sermon series trying to unpack it but here's the quick answer you don't know uh we don't have a quick, snappy, easy answer for that, and don't pretend you do. You know, it's okay to say, I don't know. Have you noticed that? It's okay sometimes to go, you know what? That's a great question. I don't know. But let's, then I would say, let's unpack that question. The reason we're asking that question is because we don't understand God. We don't understand why he wouldn't do something. And then I think it's a moment to tell them, there's going to be a lot of things in life that you don't understand. There's going to be a lot of, this is, this is a start, but there's going to be a lot of times in life you don't understand God. And we're going to then ask, do I believe that God is good? Do I believe that God is great, even when I don't understand him? And I think that's going to be the moment to say, I don't always have to understand what God is doing to trust in God. And what we have to decide right now is, do I trust him? even when I don't understand him. I think that's a great conversation. And it'll get the wheels turning. Listen, there's no one answer you give and everybody goes, oh, perfect. That's the answer. No, it comes down to this tension. Do I trust God
0: even when I can't understand him? It seems like uh, we are facing a test of our belief and our faith right now. This is the time where... It's yeah. really easy to go, God is great, God is good, when you have your job and you have your mortgage and, and everybody's healthy and all that stuff. This, I guess, is when you find out if you truly believe that or not. It, it absolutely is. This, I, I, I tweeted a line yesterday,
1: suffering exposes bad theology. Uh, when you go through suffering, if we have this, and it has been so prevalent in the American church, this theology of... I do this for God, and he does this for me. It's a quid pro quo kind of deal. And it really has more in common with paganism than biblical Christianity. Because if you think about it, that's all pagans did. You know, it's, if I give this sacrifice to God, he's going to do this for me. If I obey this rule, he's going to do this for me. That is not the message of the gospel, which is that God has acted in Christ to redeem us from our sins, and we put our trust in him. And so when you have this this weak theology, and we see it even in many Christian churches, um, suffering exposes that. Boy, it knocks the strut out of your step. It knocks the pride out of your walk. And all of a sudden, it exposes, I can't just control God with, I prayed this, or I said this, or I quoted that, because now I don't understand God. But it's in the midst of our pain when real faith Rises to the top. Do you trust God even when you don't understand Him? And if you really have faith, the answer is you will. And if you don't,
0: it'll be exposed pretty quick. So if you feel like it's been exposed for you, what um, Mm -hmm. advice or suggestion would you give? That's a great
1: question because I think some of us are going to feel exposed. You know what I've often said when a false idol in your life gets exposed. In other words, you've, you've trusted in this, you've kind of believed in this, and then it gets exposed. It's hard to throw idols out. It's hard to tear idols down. I mean, idol crushing is painful business for us, uh, which means when there's something you really love or you've depended on and God exposes it as a false idea, it's painful. Hmm. But it's also a chance for your faith to become more solid and more real. So if God exposes something, what I say is get rid of the false idol, understand, wow, I've misunderstood something here. I've, I've been on a surface level. I'm gonna go deeper now. I'm gonna go deeper. I'm gonna start asking the harder questions. I'm gonna start wrestling with God. I'm gonna start getting honest with God. At the end of the book of Job, which is a book about suffering, suffering that doesn't make sense, And at the end of the book of Job, there's this great line. And God doesn't give Job an answer. God just gives Job himself. God is better than any answer. Hmm. He is the answer. And at the end of that, in Job 42, there's this line where Job says, I had heard about you, but now I see you. And I think what he's saying there, James, is I had a relationship with you on one level, but now now i know i now i have a relationship on a much deeper level there are only some things you can see through a tear and there are some things you will never understand except through pain so this is a painful period but i really believe god is showing us something and if it's a false faith it's going to be exposed if it's a real faith it's going to be strengthened
0: i believe hey. And it's up to us to figure that out. And I, you know, I don't want to be so cliche. It's just like, it feels like we we've got to have this relationship more than ever. Um, It sounds really cliche and really easy to say. It's just because we should have the relationship and, you know, maybe you'll get woken up to what your relationship was really like uh, based on whatever you're experiencing now. Okay. Final, uh, two final things, pastor, and thanks again for taking time. Um, What's the just, if you were going to sit down with a dad and, and, and say, here's the thing you've absolutely got to know about how you and your family get through this time, what is that? God's in control. Again, you talk about something
1: that seems like a cliche, but it's either true or it's not. Mm-hmm. It's either true or it's not. God's in control. There's some dads who are afraid because uh, you're afraid for your own job. Uh, there's some dads that have lost their jobs. They're not sure how they're gonna pay the mortgage, they're gonna get through. So I know there's a lot of fear and uncertainty, but God is in control. You can put your trust in Him. And um, and I know that sounds like a cliche, and it might be easy to say, but it's either true or it's not. And boy, I believe it's true. God will help you through. And then I think for your family and for your kids, it is it is you don't have to hide your fear. You know, you can be honest and say, hey. In fact, I think you ought to be honest. This is a tough time. We're all a little unnerved. We're all a little frightened. But they need to see their dad right now going. But we can trust in the Lord. And I'm going to trust in God. This might be an opportunity for God to demonstrate his presence and for you to demonstrate real faith in a way that your kids will never, ever, ever forget. They might be 60 years old and they're going to be talking to their kids and grandkids saying, I remember when Hmm. and it was when my dad who didn't usually lead our family or didn't usually pray with our family. And he didn't say a lot about God, but you know what? When we went through that, he set us down and we prayed together. He told us he was trusting in God. I saw something in my dad I'd never seen before. This is that moment. This is that moment. So don't waste it. Uh, Trust in the Lord. Lead your family the best way you can, and we will
0: get through this with God's help. That's great. Last thing, I know that, that Calvary has done a lot. They have a lot of resources. Is there anything you want to mention to people that they could check out or, or anything Calvary's doing that you specifically want our listeners to know about? We're trying
1: to keep everybody updated at Calvary US, which is our website. Uh, And there are places on there, and quite honestly, where people who have said we want to help out, like we want to donate food, our church has been giving away uh, hundreds of bags of food, literally hundreds of bags of food, even in this, following all the right guidelines and so forth uh, to some to public schools, some was passed out in some very um, real pockets of poverty in our county. So we're still distributing food. Um, you can find out how you can be a part of that. There are some other things you can do to help. Uh, and so at Calvary US, we've created a page where if you want to help, there's some ways to minister. But we also want people to know, and maybe listen to this, if you need help right now, uh, hey, if you need help, please let us know. There are people that want to help. Uh, and, um, and so if, there's a, if there's, you're squeezed right now, um, uh, please let us know. Uh, there are ways that we might be able to help you and we would love to do that. So all of that's at calvary.us. And I really hope you'll lean in to staying connected uh, through uh, the, the services on Sunday. As you said, your family just logging in, watching that together. Don't push God away right now. Lean into it. You need him more than ever. And I've heard so many stories about families gathered around their computer screens or TV and listening, worshiping together. I think we're going to hear stories at the end of this that God really used this. So stay connected, but if you need help, let us know.
0: Well, when we watched uh, uh, the first sermon that we watched online, uh, was, it was emotional. I, I mean, there was, there was genuine emotion that uh, we, can, we can still do this. We can push through. We can stay connected to our church community. So again, Pastor, thanks for all you shared today, and thanks for all you and, and everyone at Calvary are doing for our community. James, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Really good advice and perspective from Pastor Willie, and I'm so thankful he shared with us. The takeaway for me is I've got to up my game. You know, I've got to up my game, that the, that the world, the way that I see the world is the way that that Naomi's going to see the world. And and if I am more purposeful about being in prayer and just showing her that I do believe that there's an end to what we're experiencing right now, I do believe things will be okay and I'm trusting something bigger than me, then she'll likely do the same thing. So I think we had good stuff today. All right, well, let's wrap up the way we always wrap up the podcast, and that is with a visit to the Kids Corner. And that's where Naomi kind of shares whatever she's thinking about. Ever wonder what's on the mind of your children? Let's find out. In the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi. Hello, my name is Naomi Shaw, and today I will be talking about is swimming. So it's um, if you have a pool, it's really fun to go swimming in. And in 2020, I bet we can't go to the beach or in any public pools because of this stuff. Um, and um, it's fun to go swimming and just make sure someone's watching you. And it's just so fun to go swimming. You can get these toys. You can slide down a thing if you have a slide. And the pool's just fun. If you don't have a pool, you can get, like, one of those um, little pools. Or you could, like, have a hose or a water balloon fight. It's just so, so fun. That's it for him. He's going to have a great day. Bye. Can you tell we spent more time in the pool since all this went down? She's loving it. Hey, oh, I'm loving you. I'm loving you for listening to Positively Dad today. My goal is to be a resource to you. I think we've done that. If you like the show, would you rate, review, and subscribe? Just subscribe wherever you're listening. Give us five stars. That'd be great. Write a review. Share this with somebody you know that might get some value out of it too. We'd really appreciate that. And then finally, we'd love to connect with you online. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're super easy to find. Just search at Positively Dad, and we'd love to see you then. Hey, thanks again for listening to Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.